Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good hump day rolling through April. And oh yeah, the spring game's coming up, Longhorn fans. It is that time of year. You know football never dies for us around here, but you get a little bit of conversation, a little springtime energy into the conversation when the spring games come up. We're three days away from that. We will definitely talk about the spring game and what you're expecting to see, what you'd like to see and hear about the game. We got NBA to get into because the play-in stuff started last night. One game not interesting, one game highly interesting in terms of just the entertainment level. We'll get into all of that. Plus, we'll tell you a couple different places you can check out Steve Sarkeesian. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Colonoscopy, colonoscopy, colonoscopy. Dad gummit. <laughs> what you, up, Chad? Were you doing pronunciation practice last yeah, night? Yeah, I just had to make sure I came in right. Y'all tried to clown me. Michael uh, Harge, Aaron oh, Hogan. Oh, that's not right. Those guys were getting yeah, on you? Yeah, trying to bully your brother. It's cool. All right. I'm Play so- us muck up. I'm sorry, then. That means I started that. Nah, so it's I, cool. I apologize. It's cool. I own mine. <laughs> I own mine. Play us muck up. It is cool. I'm good. I will say that for all the people out there listening right now that have had a colonoscopy, I think they would have preferred what you said. <laughs> a colonography or whatever you were saying. Because that would just be somebody drawing your colon, maybe. I said instead fee. Of... Instead of P, oh, I said fee. Okay. Yeah, E. Hogan botched the name out the ass this morning. <laughs> uh, I said I was like, what? Pardon the pun there. That was good. Well, yeah, well done. Thank you. Thank well you. done. Very thank nice. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. We also have our double insider guests that we bring you on Wednesdays. Justin Wells of Inside Texas at 105. Chip Brown of Horns247.com at 205. Spring game is coming up. We will definitely get into that. Uh, I thought we would start, though, with a real quick get well message. I hated seeing this story, but just something to follow as we get closer to the NFL draft. We are only 15 days away from the draft. There is a mid-round projected receiver named Michael Jefferson. He went to Louisiana. Before that, he went to Alabama State and he was in a serious multi-car crash Sunday night in Mobile, Alabama. It was a crash that killed a 55-year-old man. Uh, Jefferson's car was involved, another car was involved, and a third car was also involved. They don't know a lot of details about his injuries, but Zay, I saw that story and I just thought about it. We, we talk about opportunity on this show so much with the high school kids, with the flex segment, and them getting onto the college level. This is obviously somebody trying to make that next step to the NFL level. We're talking about a ton of these guys, but we forget sometimes that they are real folks with real stories, and in this case, 
hopefully uh, this kid's going to be all right. But apparently there were multiple injuries, and it required multiple surgeries already. So just hope he's going to be okay. Yeah, it's a absolute devastating story. And to the people in the family who lost somebody, uh, hearts and prayers go out to y'all. But, yeah, I mean, just ask somebody like Jalen Carter. Like, life could change in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And got cherished every day. And, yeah, hopefully he could get back on his feet, let alone try to play in the NFL. Yeah, right. That's the first focus. Is he going? You know, is there a normal life for this uh, for this kid coming up? But then, who knows? We have also seen wild stories of major injuries. Sometimes even guys getting shot, and then they end up back on a field. Yeah, Brian Robertson and playing. That's still an ama- one of the most amazing stories we've had these last few years. Yeah, it's like wait, wait, he got shot. Yeah, he got shot in the back. Huh? And he's playing? Yeah, I got mugged. Yes, like trying to get shot. So just the psyche to come back and play and be the commander's lead back. Yeah. Very impressive. Incredible stuff. All right, we'll get into some Texas spring game talk. Uh, we'll talk about Steve Sarkeesian. A couple different places you can go hear Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, our guys had him on earlier today. Light the Tower, Craig and Jeff talked with Sark. It is up at hornfm.com. I just retweeted it while ago at Hastings 1049 Remember, Zay is also on Twitter at Ain't that underscore Zay. We're always trying to throw stuff up there for you to uh, to see and discuss and talk about. Uh, so Sark was on with them. Also, Zay got a chance to listen to that entire podcast we talked about yesterday with Sark on it, hanging out with that SEC crew, if you will, with Ryan Clark and Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder. Um, he listened to the whole thing, and Zay will give you some of his thoughts on that coming up in the 1230 segment. But we thought we would start today with a little NBA. Zay, is it fair to say a lot of people thought Miami was the pick last night to beat Atlanta? Yeah. I mean, the last eight times Atlanta goes to South Beach, they've lost. So, yeah, it's very fair to say that the Heat were the favorite last night. They jumped them and never really let them back. I mean, it was. I guess it got closer in the second half. Um, they did have a couple runs there, but Atlanta just felt like they were in control the whole time. They win 116-105. And these are the numbers that are blinking at me today. 63 to 39 on the boards. Oh my God. Get a rebound. What did Bill Walton used to scream? Get a rebound. Block out. What are you doing? And 64 46 in the paint. You know I'm a points in the paint freak. You give up 64 in the paint, you're probably going to lose. Yeah, and Bam Adebayo, that was a flat-out dud by him. He is an all-star caliber player. He's one of the best centers in the league. DeMarcus Cousins' crazy ass just went on Kevin Garnett's podcast and said, Oh boy, I'm the third best center in the league. After Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, I'm right there. No, DeMarcus, you just got signed, I think, playing Cuba because you're trying to work your way back into the league. <laughs> Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis, I think those guys battled it out for third-best centers in the NBA. And Bam Adebayo, the 12 points, only nine boards, just getting dominated on the boards. Like you said, overall for the Hawks, you saw the Okanawu. He had four blocks last night. He was great off the bench. The Hawks bench, everybody scored over double figures. They were terrific, and Clint Capella. 
Capella, even though he only had, what, four points? Homeboy had 21 rebounds. So he made his presence felt Mm -hmm. in the paint. And, yeah, they just dominated the team that relies so much on their perimeter play with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, the bench and the bigs really dominated that game to give the Hawks that win. And you see them advancing to play the Boston Celtics, which should be a pretty fun but you know, I think the Celtics will take care of that series either way. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, yeah, on the back to those boards, another way to explain it, Atlanta had more defensive rebounds <laughs> than Miami had total rebounds. That's a joke. Just got all over them. Uh, Trey Young led the way with 25, and as they mentioned, Atlanta will play Boston. That series starts on Saturday. Now, yesterday we talked about how important I thought Zay thought, and a lot of people thought the Lakers winning last night was for them because they're a little older with their best players, LeBron and Anthony Davis. If they could win, I told you that first game with Memphis would not be until Sunday. And Zay, they barely got it done. L.A. did not come out with a lot of fire. They did not come out with a lot of focus. Minnesota felt like the focus team. Minnesota felt like the team with an edge and that they were the one that that really cared. But L.A. stayed close enough. LeBron did enough to keep them in it, made presses when they needed it, eventually got them back in. Uh, They push it to overtime, and they win the game. So let's go over a few things here. First off, give me your thoughts on 95 all and the play LeBron makes to kick the ball out to Schroeder for for what looked like the game winner. Um, That's a play that LeBron haters love to talk about him making. It's the right play, but it's not what Kobe or Jordan would do. And if Dennis Schroeder would have missed that shot, that's what we would come in talking about. I would have came in and said, oh, he didn't take the shot, boy. (laughs) He don't got that dog in him. He's scared to take the shot. He's scared as hell. He ain't got that killer instinct. Uh Can't stand him. He just doesn't give a damn. Jordan would have gave a damn. Kobe would have given a damn. He would have slapped somebody in the face if he would have passed the ball and they missed the shot, et cetera, et cetera. But Dennis Schroeder, buckets. Nailed it, yeah. Fast forward to the next possession. Great play by Finch to get Mike Conley that mm-hmm. shot. That's not a foul. Oh, interesting. Okay. I was wondering where you were going to go on this, if you were going to get on Anthony Davis for what he did, or what? do you question the call at all? You're saying that's I'm not over, even a foul. I'm over here like, what'd he do? Okay. So I wondered the same thing. The big thing, point of emphasis in the NBA with shooting the ball and allowing the player to come down, the Zaza Pachulia, Kawhi Leonard situation. Yes, That's gotta, when we have to let him land. We gotta let him land. And if you're the shooter, you can't kick out. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Mike Conley doesn't even jump over a notebook when he shoots his shot. <laughs> so He's already down, and he's, like, looking to the side to see if it goes in, and then he gets bumped. And crumbles. And the shot's in the air, yes, and then falls. You can't call that. And, look, ratings, whatever, that was a very suspicious call. That was just very Mm, sketchy to me. Like, all right, do we have to see overtime? I'm with it. But if I'm a Lakers fan, that's – that's a terrible call. But see, wouldn't that be anti – for the people that might say the NBA is trying to fix certain things certain ways, wouldn't you have gotten what you wanted there? Lakers win the game on a big shot that involved LeBron, big assist there at the end, and just don't call that foul and you go home. That's what I would think. Wasn't that, isn't that the ending? That's what I would think, but that's – what I saw last night, I couldn't believe they called that. And Reggie Miller was like, yeah, they bumped them. I'm like, Reggie – 
That's rich. I kept watching. I, w- I rewatched it and rewatched. I'm like, there's no contact yeah. there. There's no. Co- it's like that's what they're calling the very Reggie end of that. Miller, the king of the kick leg. <laughs> Every time he shot the ball, he would kick his leg out. He would slap his wrist because you know Reggie shot his like hand would be really close to his wrist. It's very different. Mm-hmm. It's still pure, but his hand be t- very close to his wrist, like not naturally. You kind of want to have your hand to the side. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes if you get close enough. People would say he would like slap his wrist and would get the call. Oh, to make the sound. To make the sound. Oh. So Reggie Miller, like a typical ham saying, yeah, he bumped him. So he's going to go for the three-point shot. The, the the guy shooting the ball every time. So you're saying Reggie Miller's been accused of not only kicking out, but fouling himself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, that's another level I had never heard of. Oh, okay. Reggie Miller. That's impressive. As dirty as it came <laughs> when he played in the 90s. So, but, yeah, that was an awful call, and... Luckily enough, Dennis Schroeder came to play in that last part of the fourth quarter and in overtime. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell, he was just going out there getting exercise. He was terrible and He was not good. Darren yeah. Ham, salute to you, recognizing that and say, yo, this ain't your night. You know, I talked about it yesterday. Him, Vanderbilt, Beasley, those guys came from Minnesota. So some guys could take that as fuel and say, you know what? They traded me. They didn't believe in me. I'm going to go dominate them. Or some guys could fold because just they traded you for a reason. It's in your head. And word on the street is they want a more stable point guard like Mike Conley. And you Uh, saw the game Mike Conley had last night. He was a big reason why the Timberwolves were ahead at 15 at one point. I've always really enjoyed Mike Conley. Oh, me too. I love his game. I like watching him play. He was Ohio State in college. Yeah, one year. He was one on that done. badass team with Odin. Yeah, that went to the championship and lost Ooh. to Florida. I love Conley. Back-to-back. In fact, somewhere along the line, there were rumors about the Mavs maybe being interested in Conley, and I wanted that so bad. Mike Conley's been good since he was 10 and 11 years old. When he was growing up in Indiana, his team won AAU Nationals, and he was in, like, Slam Magazine at age 11. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Like, he's been this cold for a very long time, and he's been in the league for a very long time, him being a lefty. He's crafty, man. He's really crafty. The simple thing about last night's game, I think, tell me if you agree, it was just that Minnesota didn't have a third guy. The Lakers had LeBron, Davis, and thankfully for them, they had Schroeder off the bench well, giving them 21. It just felt like there wasn't a third yeah. because Carl Anthony Towns and, and Conley played well. Other players played all right. Nobody else really brought enough scoring to, to get them over. Anthony Edwards, shame on you for the, the game that you played last night. You're a former number one pick. Mm. And I told you yesterday, he settles for a shot way too much. For somebody that athletic to go 0 for 9 from 3, 3 for 17 from the field, not even get over double digits in this type of game. That's horrible. That's horrible, yeah, that's bro. Really bad. You're a former number one pick. Yeah. And he has so much upside, but somebody needs to let him know, yo, Dwayne Wade, he retired early because of the way he used to play. Like, I know he, he you know, y'all got hoes in those six files, but he would get knocked down a lot. And it was because he was always attacking. He would never settle. And each and every year he got better at his jump shot. But, you know, he started to – there's a lot of wear and tear on D-Wade, especially those LeBron years and, you know, during the end of his career. Yeah, you pay the price for all that contact. Exactly. So I don't know if Anthony Edwards is like, I ain't trying to be like that. 
He has a nice-looking jumper, but it clearly wasn't falling last night. you no. got to bring something else to the table. And Carl Anthony Towns, he was hooping, but once he got into foul trouble – and Finch had to start taking him in and out the game, and then they started going at him. Anthony Davis was struggling for three quarters, and then when he realized, oh, Carl Anthony Towns has 5,000, he's guarding me, and he can't touch me, I'm going to go yeah. through him every time. By the way, speaking of those fouls, that fifth foul Carl Anthony Towns got was stupid. That is yeah. a dumb foul. How does he let himself? He's a big-time player in this league. You can't let yourself get that foul that way. That was a sloppy, sloppy foul. They doesn't need to do that. No. Um, but but the Lakers get the win. They power through in overtime. So now they get all that rest we talked about. Lakers, Memphis, series starts on Sunday. Give me a quick preview there. Do the Lakers have a chance to win the series? They do. Yeah? They really do. Okay. Uh, the matchups that are really interesting, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Anthony Davis. Jaron Jackson Jr. might be Defensive Player of the Year. He's probably going to be first-team all-defense. And he'll be checking A.D., and AD's going to have to go to work if the Lakers want to advance. The John Morant, D'Angelo Russell, Schroeder matchup, what's that going to look like? Who are they going to put on John Morant? Do they they have anybody that can really do it? Nope. (laughs) They don't. They don't. They got to pray that he's not hitting that outside jumper. Right. Because to what I'm talking about with Anthony Edwards, John Morant don't give a damn if you're playing off him or not. He's going to get to the lane. And he has a nice floater, so you can't, you know, he, he doesn't have to get all the way to the cup. He'll shoot that floater. He'll throw a lob. But, you know, not having Steven Adams, not having Brandon Clark, that's going to be huge. And you already got Dylan Brooks talking mess, which isn't good. Like, why, bro? We get it. You're that guy. Like, And he was rocking the perm the other night looking like a light-skinned Cat Williams just looking way tacky. Like, you're in the league. This ain't the time. We're about to go into the playoffs. You ain't trying to look pretty. That team just loves static. They are nuts, they man. Love they love the drama. They have their little locker room intro where they playing some music and they're dancing. Everybody's dancing in the locker room and having fun. They just, they're wilding John Morant. You know his issues. T. Morant. On the bench. Yeah. They're the kind of team that I don't know if I'd want them to be my team, but I'm kind of glad they're there for entertainment value. Oh, it's going to be fun. Because they bring the show no matter what. And the fact that it's that group against the Lakers, it, it just, yeah. it will, that's going to, that will, that will absolutely live up to it on some level. Yeah. And then Dylan Brooks, you're already talking about how this is for your legacy. Like, this is how he's looking. He's looking at it. From their standpoint, this is a good test for us because they're they're already looking at the next round. This is what he said. This is a good test for us. This is about legacy. LeBron's a legend. They're a good team, but we know how good we are. So that's your matchup, Dylan Brooks, the legend, the guy that they compare to Jordan and Magic and Kareem. That's who you got. And when he's in the playoffs and when he's healthy, that's a different mode. That's a different dude that they've never seen before. I, what we saw last night was light. It was light. Like he was minus 14, you know, plus minus LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Like it was light what he did last night. He had some, you know, big time shots and big time plays when they needed him. But this time of the year, he gets in a different mode. Yeah. And they got a lot of talent. Austin Reeves, he, Hillbilly Kobe, he could hoop. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking 
I that's just me. I like Dylan. Uh, I like Dylan Brooks and what he brings to the table. The moxie you gotta have that confidence. It reminds me of '90s basketball and how they used to get down, like the New York Knicks and stuff. Xavier McDaniel and you know Anthony yeah. Mason. He, they, he reminds me of those type of guys. So but I you can got, appreciate yeah. him. You gotta be careful what you're waking up on the other side. Exactly though. because LeBron is not Jordan and he is not Kobe, but at certain times he can remind you of both. Yeah. It gets it can get real scary if he I mean for everything you just said I agree with you he had 30 10 and 6 last night and I didn't think he played that well. There just aren't that many guys that can have 30, 10, and 6 on a eh kind of night. Yeah, he had some bad turnovers he at the really end of that did. game. He was sloppy yeah. in big moments of that game, and he still had a line like that. I'm just that's oh. He's held to a different standard than anyone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that series. I could see it going 7. So two 7 seeds determined last night. Tonight we start to determine the 8 seeds. We're going to have Toronto taking on Chicago. We're going to have... Oklahoma City taking on New Orleans. We'll get Zay's thoughts on those games. We'll talk about those as we move on. Obviously, Miami and Minnesota still alive after last night. Now they've got to go win one more game. Those games will happen on Friday for the eight seeds. Tonight are those 9-10 games to figure out who stays alive. Losers tonight are out of playoff contention. We'll t- continue to talk uh, basketball, but also we got to get into some football. Texas spring game is only three days away. We got a couple questions for you, Longhorn fans. Plus, Zay will tell you what about Sark and the podcast, and we'll tell you where you can catch Sark being interviewed by a couple of our guys as we get ready for the Texas spring game. We'll also give you the full schedule for Saturday in case you're thinking about heading out to DKR. So stay with us. It's the Horn. <laughs> Chad and Zay. Oh my god, I know this one, I think. Give me a title here. Spend my life. Spent my, yeah, I want to spend my life. Um, is this, uh, yeah, is this Firehouse? No. No. Um, God, it's right in that area. Um, yeah, I missed it then. Who is it? Slaughter. Oh, it's Mark. Okay. <laughs> See, it's one, I knew, I, it's just, it's one of those bands. I knew it was one of the bands I'm not a huge fan of, but I couldn't figure out which one it was. All right, Slaughter. There you go. I am sorry, Slaughter fans. I apologize. I also apologize that back in the day when I saw the triple bill of Faster Pussycat, Slaughter, and Kiss, I went out to the parking lot to watch another band during Slaughter. I apologize oh, for that. Man. I am so sorry that I did not see Slaughter on the Stick It To You tour. It didn't. Sorry. Didn't do anything for me. Still doesn't. Every time I hear Fly to the Angels, I want to do something else. It just doesn't do anything for me. Sorry. I mean... How popular are they? Not my thing. They were big for a while. They were big? They really were big. The, gir- the girls loved them. Mark Slaughter's really, I mean, not only could he hit the big notes, he was very pretty, had the great hair, they looked great, and, they, and that fir- that album of theirs was monstrous for a while. So it was named after the lead singer? It was big. Yes. That was one of the bands where the lead singer's 
sort of last, I don't know if it's actually his last name, but that's, so yeah, they were kind of a Bon Jovi or a Van Halen in that ah, way. Ah, okay. You know, where the last name kind of becomes the, the band's name. Instead of calling it like, you know, Mark Slaughter and the whatevers, they just called it Slaughter. And they were big for a while. Yeah, on, on this album cover, they're like at a carnival. Yeah. And they that, have a woman, looks like she's on the Wheels of Fortune thing. Yes, with the knives. Yeah, with the knives. the knives. Yeah, yeah very clever. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Slaughter getting us started today. Uh, we'll have more musical discussions coming up today, and we will preview tomorrow's musical discussion coming up. Uh, a lot of stuff going on today. Uh, remember, spring game comes up on Saturday, so we're three days away. 11 o'clock pregame from Bevo Boulevard. They're going to crank open Bevo Boulevard nice and early for you if you want to get down there and experience that. 12.45, we'll kick it up to the booth with Craig and Roger and Will Matthews. It will be the normal crew that you'll hear for the football season, getting you ready with the the spring game. One o'clock kick or so, uh, right around that time for kickoff. And then afterwards... I just had a feeling that there may be some discussion. So we're going to do a call-in show as well. Uh, Ty Henderson, Cameron Parker, and whoever they get to call in will be calling in. Uh, and they'll probably roll till about 5 o'clock. Uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of conversations coming out of this game on Saturday. So keep it right here on the horn throughout Saturday. Baseball fans, Texas baseball will be on 1260 and 1019 uh, at 2 o'clock from Waco as they get ready to face Baylor. Texas did l- drop the game last night to Texas State, 9-3. to Yeah, y'all fighting. Y'all too old to be fighting now. Come yeah. on, y'all. I was hearing that on the show switch. Craig was telling me last night that uh, Keith Moreland, who was uh, you know calling the game with Craig, saw like, more, excuse me, I guess yeah, home game, so Keith would have been calling for LHN, but... That they saw like five different fights in the mezzanine last night. That's wild. Wow, are you guys scrapping with Texas State people? I, that is wild. I, somebody got their car keyed. Texas fancy boots, one of the best horn followers on Twitter. She what? got her car keyed, and yeah, it was nuts out there. Shame on y'all. That's so low rent to do oh, with somebody. So low ball. I can't stand it when people do that stuff. Look, if you want to, sh- if you want to show up and go upside down Longhorn like all the other fan bases do right now, go ahead, get fired up, get saucy, yell and scream a little bit. But there's no need to fight, and there's certainly no need to vandalize people's cars. I mean, I know it takes two to tango, but has Texas State always been this rowdy? I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure if they've if they've had that kind of attitude. They always seem like to like they really enjoy beating Texas, but yeah. I would ass, I would assume that. But I'm not I'm not sure about the fan bases. But uh, hopefully everybody was able to to chill out. Yeah, uh, y'all let us know some details because I know some of y'all were at the game last night and y'all saw some stuff. Let us know what happened, who escalated it, who you know started it. Well, here's the other thing that hit me today. They're going to Waco this weekend. By all, this could be all intents and purposes. This could be it for Texas baseball in Waco. I mean, think about it. You're right. Yeah. Now next season there'll be a baseball season in the Big Twelve, but with those new two new teams coming in, a do you know if you're even playing Baylor? I assume you will. But if you keep the rotation going, it'll be back here in Austin. So this could be it. So what are we going to see in terms of umpire calls? What are we going to see in terms of attitude, fan reactions? This could be last time the Longhorns go to Waco. They'll go Friday at 6.30, again Saturday at 2. It'll be on 1260 and 101.9, and then Sunday at 1. All right, so Zay, we're getting ready for this spring game. Before we get into Sark, I want to get the question out for you and all the Longhorn fans. I want to know what you want out of these quarterbacks 
coming out of Saturday. Because we know after spring games, it's a long time before anything else happens. So you're going to have to live with whatever it is. So give me, real quick, the elevator conversation for your three quarterbacks. What do you want someone to tell you about Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning coming out of the game? Uh, For Arch Manning, the kid has upside. Okay. For Malik Murphy, if something, God forbid, were to happen to three, we could still win the Big 12 championship. Okay. And for three, he looks like a future first-round pick. Ooh, all right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Same question to all you Longhorn fans out there. Let's say you couldn't watch the game. What do you want to hear about your three quarterbacks? Because we know that's where all the, all the conversation is going to be. And I will also predict that the national media – they're going to make something out of nothing coming out of this game. And maybe it's a, they'll make a big something out of a little something. But they're going to take whatever happens with Arch Manning, and it's going to go crazy. Yeah. So I'm just kind of bracing for that now. If you're a Texas fan, just let us know your feelings going in. Uh, but what you'd love to see out of the quarterbacks, how you would like them to be interpreted coming out. But I like your three. That'd be a good that a that's a good three for you moving forward as a fan, but it would also create the least amount of controversy. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's the least amount of problems right there. Exactly, there's a photo going around social media of Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning sitting in. It looks like Sark's office. I don't know. It looks like an office though, but they're sitting by one another, and they both got their laptops out, and they're both laughing. And that's a uh-huh. great pick. It's good because you know just. For, again, national media's thought is huge QB battle. Like, Arch is here to take his spot, and if you're a competitor, then, you know, you want your team to do well, but you want that number one spot. And I think it just shows that both of those guys get along. Both of them want the best for one another. And I, it's cool Arch Manning being the third-string quarterback. Like, that's fine. That's okay because I just think we don't talk about Malik Murphy enough. A lot of that's due to him being hurt, so we're not seeing him much last season, and now we're starting to see him more and more, and hopefully we see him on Saturday. We could ask Justin Wells and Chip Brown about that uh, later on the show. But, yeah, man, I, I want safe. I don't want no controversy. We know all the eyes are going to be on Longhorn Network. I don't want nothing to pop off to where we have an issue coming in Monday next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably a good way to look at it. And then you also want, it's like you said, the idea of it being cool that Arch Manning is the third string. You want to walk out of that spring game believing in your other two guys and see it all in that in the, the the prism that you just laid out about. Hey, starter looks pretty damn good. Things have improved from last year. That backup, good to see him because you haven't seen a whole lot out of him. Hey, looks pretty good. Not feeling too crushed if he would have to give us a little bit. And then, therefore, Arch Manning could feel like, for now, the third-string guy with the big name, but the third-string guy that will come along and he'll learn and he'll support and he'll be a great teammate, and then his day will come at some point. You just don't want a whole lot of fans walking out of DKR feeling like his day needs to be Monday. Yeah. That's what you need. One of the things that stuck with me on Light the Tower when Coach Sark was on with Craig and Jeff this morning and we was talking about the QBs, he just lets them know, yo, you can't make a play worse. And then he had a great saying. He said, don't turn a fender bender into a fatality. Mm, yeah. 
and you know, just those Dak Prescott type pick sixes. How dare you? Why would that be the first name that you mentioned? The first person that comes to my mind. Other guys throw picks. That one that he threw against the Eagles. Good grief! Yeah, that was terrible. That just stuff like that. That was awful. Or that comeback pass that he tried to throw, where (laughs) oh boy jumped it. He oh boy was late to it in the 49ers game. No need, no need to bring (laughs) that one up. Things like that. Let's try to avoid that. It's okay to throw the ball out of bounds if you're not. You know, or look for the third or fourth option when number one and two is gone. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do those things. Live those to fight wins. another day. Live yeah. to fight another day, Chad. And reserve the right to punt at the end of the series. Yeah. All uh, all productive football series end in a kick. End it in a kick of some sort. Yeah. It could even be a punt. Yeah. And that was a lot of the problem last year. A lot of pro- it was just, we got to go get it now. We, we got to go get it now. We can't take the easy stuff that they're giving us. We got to hit the home runs. Instead yep. of hitting the singles, button, getting yeah. hit by pitch. It don't matter. Get on base. That's right. what I'm talking about. I like the idea of it, and I would also tell the head coach that it's easier for the quarterbacks to have that mindset if they believe their head coach has that mindset. Absolutely. Because at times, his rep – is that he's trying to take too much too quick. Mm-hmm. So my response to him would be, it's a good idea, coach. Now stop taking that deep shot so quick and so much and so early. Yeah, because at Alabama, you could take those risks because everybody's five stars, everybody's four stars, they're cold as hell, they're first-round picks. So mistakes that just the average person doesn't see that maybe a big football person sees, mm-hmm. like they're not there because you got guys that make up for that, you know. Right, <laughs> like that's, that's just, fair. Yeah, and that, that this past year, you 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 had that, but not what it was at Bama. You, yeah. had, you it was close. Plus, and we're had, getting closer. Plus, he had some defenses at Bama that weren't giving up ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's just the, the probably need to change your perspective sometimes on these things. Yeah. Uh, Texas spring game coming up on Saturday again. A couple places to check out Sark today. Sark was on with Craig and Jeff on Light the Tower HornFM.com. Uh, it's on Twitter as well at the Horn ATX. You can check that out today. Also, Zay would tell you to check out that. What's that podcast called again? Uh, the Pivot. The Pivot Podcast. Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor. You listened to the whole thing and you really enjoyed it. I did. It was really good. Those guys, they always do a good job. Whoever they interview, they were down here in the ATX, so I'm sure they got to see practice and different things. And yeah, there's some wild boys, especially Shannon Crowder. I mean, you remember what happened with Russell Wilson over the season? Like he was the one that went out and said, "Yo, he's a corny brother." That's Straight right. Up, he didn't apologize or nothing. Now, that tell the people what is it that Channing Crowder did? For Steve Sarkeesian. What did oh, he ask him about? He put him on blast about being with L'Oreal, being with a sister. <laughs> Being a white dude, what it's up? Like, how he bagged that? How are you doing wow. this? And Sark, being the professional that he is, he answered it the right way. But yeah, he knew he outkicked his coverage. That's what he said. He said, "Yeah, I'll kick my coverage I mean, straight up." But I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Very, very. But you, yeah, all those three of those brothers, and she was there. Oh, she was there. Yeah, while she was there. And it would always be roll to her and stuff, and she shake her head <laughs> and stuff. But she know, she know, and they know, and we know. That's fantastic. So for you as a, is it the podcast, you think it's good for Texas fans to watch, but also from the recruiting perspective, if I'm a badass recruit out there, would this make Texas seem even more even more Texas for yeah. me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because he talks about the struggles that he had 
at his previous stops as that's, a head coach. That's good. And the demons that he dealt with and how he's overcame that and how his wife has helped him overcome those things and about getting opportunities from Nick Saban and just how he was really low in his life. And when you have people like Nick Saban and people like his wife saying, no, you the man. You are a brilliant football mind. You just you just got to get your head on straight. If you do that, then the sky's the limit. And that's a big reason why he's in the situation he is, like the greatest university in the world. Cool stuff. Hey, coach. Check that podcast out if you get a chance. The Pivot Podcast is where Sark was uh, talking to those guys. And, again, talk to Craig and Jeff earlier. You can check that out at hornfm.com. Texas spring game, only three days away. Let us know what you want to hear about those quarterbacks coming out of it. We will get into more of that. Also up next in the crap bag, the latest effect of the pitch clock in baseball that I never even thought about. And Rangers fans – This affects you. Pay attention. It's the horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. Oh, look out. Look out now. This dude's on my Vegas list. There's just certain artists I think you need to go see in Vegas before they're gone and you're gone. Well, Neil. Well, who tells you that? Come on. I don't know if Neil's even performing in Vegas. I'm just saying that's where you should see him if you can. I've asked my wife that. It's like, well, if if we're ever in Vegas, I'm like, hey, would you go see? And I'll just throw an artist out after that. I think she'd go. I think we'd go see Neil Diamond just for just the people watching would be fun. One of my favorite slapstick movies of all time is Saving Silverman with Jack Black. Okay. And they have a weird obsession with Neil Diamond in that movie. <laughs> it might be my favorite Jack Black movie of oh, all time. Oh, okay. It's so underrated. I've never seen that oh, movie. Oh, it's hysterical. But, yeah, the fact that they are so infatuated with Neil Diamond should show you the type of movie it is. The hardcores are crazy hardcore about Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond and Slaughter, by the way, if I have a choice, Neil every time. I'll go see Neil tonight <laughs> before I'm going to see Slaughter. Sorry, Mark Slaughter, if you're out there. All right, uh, so that gets us started musically. By the way, uh, speaking of music, coming up tomorrow in the 2 o'clock segment, we will have the album swap discussion. This week, first time we've done it, where we're talking about two albums neither of us had ever heard before this week. Lil' Kim's Hardcore and Jelly Roll and the Beautiful Disaster. Now, I have finished the Lil' Kim album. Have you finished both? Where are you? Yeah, I finished both. You finished both? Yeah. Okay. And I asked you briefly about the Jelly Roll album, and I get the sense it's not going to be one of your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but I have not listened to any of that one yet. Uh, yeah, I, I y'all, hit, y'all see tomorrow. I got to hit all of that one today. But I will tell you, I have some feelings about this Lil' Kim album. I'm going to hold those till tomorrow. All I'm going to say is I feel like I have a better sense of what women are all about now. 
Do you now? I really do. Okay. I feel like I have a better sense of women and just kind of, you know, just sort of what they're looking for did after you, listening to that album. Did you like want to take a shower after the album or did you just want to stay dirty? Now, keep in mind, it could be the same type of feeling somebody would get when they watch a whole bunch of pornography and then say, I think I know exactly what women... What, anyway, we'll get we'll talk about that tomorrow uh, in the 2 o'clock segment. Right now, though, let's get into the crap bag because there's something happening in baseball right now that if you're a fan, you need to know about. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I heard this discussion the other day as sort of a joke, but it's actually real in baseball. And the discussion is, well, now that the pitch clock is involved and they're getting what they want, they're getting quicker games, that means there's less time to get food, concessions, and beer. I heard, I think it was the afternoon guys I heard talking about this, and Mike Harge, being a massive baseball guy, he was discussing it. Well, it's a real thing now, and here's your update. Because of the shorter games, there have been changes in beer sales for some teams. Now, I don't think they're, they're they're not really seeing like a drop in sales, but they are now changing how long they sell beer. If you don't know... Um, it's all left up to each individual team, and a lot of teams will cut it off after the seventh. They don't let you buy beer after the seventh inning is done. A lot of you know this if you love beer and baseball. But here are the changes. Four teams have announced that they will now allow beer to be sold all the way through the eighth inning, and those teams are Arizona, Minnesota, Milwaukee, and the Texas Rangers. So if you're heading up to Arlington, that is something you need to know. All the way through the 8th, they will allow you to get beer. Plus, Zay, I am reading that the Rangers have something this year where you can order beer from your seat on your phone. Okay, Rangers. How about that? Some beer app in Globe Life. Now I really want to go. Yeah. Still haven't been. Got to go check it out. The Mets and Miami are thinking about changing their beer rules. Baltimore was already in a situation where they went end of the eighth or three and a half hours from first pitch, whichever comes sooner. Uh, but obviously teams are trying to you know, be as, as respectful as they can in terms of the drinking and driving issue. They want to make sure fans are not drinking and driving. But they also say, Zay, that if you know where to go in a stadium and right around a stadium – it does keep flowing right up until the end of a game. Yeah. If you're at club level, if you get certain seats and there's certain, you know, suites and things, like it they don't stop. So, just it kind of depends on where you are. So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you're headed to Rangers games, you can get beer all the way through the 8th inning now since those games have been shorter. Uh do drink responsibly, of course. And speaking of baseball, keep your eyes on the Tampa Bay Rays cuz they are going after history. They are 11 and 0. To start the season. Rocking the throwbacks, too. Rocking the throwbacks. Those are fire. Playing great baseball. I agree with you. They look awesome. By the way, Milwaukee looks awesome in those throwbacks, those are too. Clean, yeah. God, they yeah. look good. Uh, Tampa Bay against Boston this evening, 540. You can check it out on ESPN+. Plus. The record they're chasing, 13-0. and 82 Braves, 87 Brewers. Each went 13-0. and No Major League Baseball team. I think this is since 1900 when they're keeping the, the, the records there. But I think it is, uh, yeah, no team since then has gone 14-0. and But they're trying to go 12-0 and in the game tonight. So keep an eye on those Tampa Bay 
Rays. There is your crap bag. We do it every day about 1245. Again, you got the spring game coming up in three days. Also, remember tonight, our Wednesday night lineup. It's a special one. Seven o'clock, you get Wednesday night flex. We will continue to preview this throughout the show, but for you folks out in Dripping Springs, your head football coach is going to be on tonight. Galen Zimmerman joins the Flex Show tonight. Also for you Westlake folks, your former wide receiver and now Kansas signee Keaton Kubeka is going to be in studio. Nice. Should be a good show. And he's heading to Kansas this year, right? Think, yes. Yes, he's done right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I, I thought I got that part right. So uh, they are coming up in the Flex Show. 8 o'clock, Longhorn Blitz podcast. Getting you ready for the spring game. Fight night is at 9, coming off of the pay-per-view. And at 10 tonight, a special edition of Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, including Stu's interview with Dustin Rhodes talking about the Dusty Rhodes biography. Okay, Stu. So I cannot wait to check that out. Stu and Dustin have been friends for a a few years now. Dustin was so wonderfully honest in that documentary, and I know he'll do the same with Stu. So check all that out on the Horn tonight. Uh, You can also check out that interview with Stu and Dustin right now at hornfm.com, along with Bucky and Aaron talking with Moro Ojimo. Oh, that that was so good. That happened earlier today. I'm hearing lots of great things. I didn't get a chance to hear it, but multiple people have texted it was awesome it was amazing is it great it was a really good interview oh was a great dude yeah that's Talk cool about great head on his shoulders man one of those guys you're proud he's wearing oh, your colors absolutely yep i could understand that and then steve sarkeesian joining light the tower that is all at hornfm.com by the way chad just to throw you a little bit of bad news neil diamond no longer performing parkinson's disease oh god that's right I'd forgotten about that. Neil can't perform anymore. That's sad. That is sad. That is sad. But there's thousands of people, millions of people that got to see him in Vegas over the years. That had to be great. That's the first show I ever heard about women throwing their panties on stage. Stop it. Seriously. Neil. Women used to go to Vegas, take off their own, take off their underwear and throw it at the man. Wow. That's how big time he was in the 70s, 80s. Huge. (laughs) I'm like, dude. Oh, we didn't keep him. What in the world? I kind of hope he did. I kind of hope he did. I kind of hope he made a museum out of him. Come on now. Please don't make Neil a pervert. No, no, I, no, no. Hopefully he got rid of him. Hopefully he got rid of him. Dude, they, they, threw so, they threw so many. He probably did not want to keep any of that stuff. All right, uh, coming up, Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. We'll ask him about the spring game as we get ready for that. What does he expect in terms of rotation of quarterbacks? Somebody texted us earlier. Does Arch even need to play? Well, now that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm assuming he'll get some reps. We'll see what Justin thinks of that. Plus, the Arterio Morris into the portal story. What does Justin think of that? You're going to find out coming up on the Horn.